If you're still deciding on your spring break getaway, Amtrak's got just the ticket. You can visit cities from D.C. and Philly to New York and Boston, all while enjoying more sustainable travel. Amtrak produces up to 83% less carbon emissions than traveling by car or plane. And did we mention the extra legroom and comfy seats? Book early and save at Amtrak.com. Click or tap the banner. Emissions comparisons vary depending on route and locomotive type. Restrictions may apply. Hello, and welcome to the Sailing and Cruising the East Coast of the United States podcast. I'm Bela Musitz. And I'm Mike Wasserman. This is our podcast about sailing the East Coast of the United States. In some episodes, we focus on passages and destinations. In other episodes, we talk about boats, equipment, and techniques. And when we come across an interesting person, we try to get them as a guest on the show. Yeah, and Bela, speaking of guests on the show, today we have a repeat guest. Uh, this is part two of a two-part conversation with our old friend, Mike Malikoff. Uh, he was a guest back in episode 66 and 72 and 73 and another two-parter, 77 and 78. And we've kind of been riding along on his on his, on his his shoulder uh, as he and his wife started his trip on Lake Champlain here uh where you are in the Northeast and uh, went past where you're at now. Bela, those of you that are um, watching on YouTube, uh, you can see that Bela is on his boat right now, uh, which is pretty cool. Um, but he started on Lake Champlain, went out to the to the Atlantic, headed down, and he's uh, now in the Bahamas. He met that goal, but now he's kind of enjoying life in the Bahamas. But as you heard in the, in the first part, um, not all the progress has been smooth and easy. Yeah, you know, it's a journey. Uh, and uh, that's the fun part of all of these things, I think. Uh, you know, and Mike's been kind enough to share uh, the good and the bad, uh, with, with, or the good and the challenges, I should call. It's not bad, the challenges, uh, that they've started to explore the Bahamas. Uh, and uh, I think it's been really good to have him back on the show. And so let's dive into uh, part two. Yeah. So if you didn't listen to part to EP episode 81 yet, maybe go back and listen to that one first and then come back and hit this one up. So yeah, let's dive right in. Yeah, so so what other sort of, uh, I don't want to use the word surprises, but we just talked about a bunch of things that that you may not hear about under normal circumstances, mm -hmm. the things that you have to be concerned about or be prepared for. Are, are there some other things too that were sort of a, a surprise of, oh gosh, I didn't, I didn't think this would be an issue. I just assumed this would be fine. Are there any other things like that that you'd like to share with the listeners? Yes. It's a big one, and it's something that um, we've considered going back because of it. It's called weather. Um, you see these wonderful videos from the Bahamas of people swimming in beautiful crystal clear water with their boat behind them and sipping on drinks. And absolutely, there are those days, but there are also the other side and um, what we didn't anticipate, and some people said it's because we left earlier during the winter, the winds here are hellacious. And we've, I've admitted we're not big time seasoned sailors. We're very conservative. And you're also in moving through the islands is that when you're moving from one island group to the other, uh, you're not talking about 10 miles or going down the ICW a little bit. And if, uh, if you have a problem, you pull over. You know, you're talking about 
50, 60, 70 miles, give or take, which isn't a lot, but you're going over open water on the ocean and the seas here can be challenging. But so far we've found that we've been stuck in marinas and places for two weeks because of the wind. Um, it's either coming in the wrong direction, which, uh, as as you know, and, and if people don't understand this, is if the seas are moving in one direction and the wind's coming from the other um, and it's strong, you don't want to be out there because instead of swells, you get short period choppy waves. And it's just it's just no fun going 10 hours pounding into waves. And then there's also the consideration is that when you're doing 50 miles, I'll use 50 as a, as a rough number. When you're doing 50 miles, and I'll say at five to six knots, which is reasonable, in a sailboat, that's 10 hours. Well, you can end up going from six to four knots or three and a half because of the waves now, all of a sudden, you're traveling across open water. This isn't the ICW. You're not two miles off the coast of Florida. You're nowhere. And all of a sudden, you're going into an island in the dark because you only have so much light available. And everybody here says you don't want to go into places at night for one very good reason. They don't maintain their markers at all. They don't light them. They don't maintain them. And in some cases, they're just telephone poles in the water. And as a matter of fact, in Chub Key, where we were, they have three poles that direct their inlet. And now outside of that, it's shallow. So you stay in between two poles, and there's one that you turn right at the entrance of this cut to go where the marina is. Uh, a million-dollar catamaran came in late at night didn't see the pole and hit it head on and basically broke the, I don't know what that piece is called that runs across the two uh, hulls of the boat and it ripped it out of the hull. So now they have two holes in their hull because they didn't see the pole and it yeah. wasn't where it was supposed to be on the chart. Yeah. So, so I, I, getting back is this weather has been a challenge because, uh, as a matter of fact, today we are in Spanish Wells. We extended our stay here five days. It's 35, 40 knots out there. And uh, oh, and we're going to be going to the Abaco. So it's 35, 40 knots with 18 to 20 foot seas. Yeah, we will pass. On <laughs> that. I'll pass on that every day. <laughs> yeah. And. So uh, now this is the worst storm that we've seen so far uh, where you're talking sustained winds of 30 to 40. Um, and basically the marina we're at is full. And as a matter of fact, even the mega yachts are in here uh, because it's just not worth being out there uh, yeah, right now. Sure. So this, as they call it, this blow, which is the term that the, the cruisers use, will last two to three days. It's out of the north, and north winds in the Bahamas is not good. Uh, the seas are, are raging. 
and it's supposed to calm down later this week. And we want to move to the Abacos. But as you know, because the winds die down and the storm passes, 18-foot seas don't calm down along with the wind. It takes two or three or four days where we can get them where it's two to four feet that we feel somewhat comfortable. And we're also looking that the winds will then be with us. The tide will be moving with us. Um, and sometimes you get close to that window, uh, uh, weather window, and it disappears. Yeah. And then all of a sudden we had this in Chub Key that the winds changed. They went from the north where we're getting ready to go. And they started coming out of the south and the southeast at 30 knots, 25 knots. Well, it was like, well, wait a second, that's five foot, six foot. We're not going. Yeah. And there were people that said, hey, we've got to get to here to be somewhere. And that's the other thing is when you got to be somewhere and five hours later, here they come back. And it's just like the waves were coming over the bow. We got eight hours to go. It just wasn't worth it. And, yeah. you know, and, and they come back. So I would say probably I don't want to call it a disappointment, but something that we didn't anticipate was these windows of good weather have been, say, 15, maybe 20 percent of the time, 80 percent just makes it difficult. And, and we've anchored in it and we've managed, but you're just holding your own that you're not going anywhere because the winds are 25 plus. You don't want to drag, obviously. Right. Uh, you know, so you're making sure your boat's okay. But in that kind of wind and stuff, the choppiness, the winds, you certainly aren't going anywhere in your dinghy. Right. Uh, right. And so the the swimming, the snorkeling, the beach time is is limited. So I, I, I would say that was something we didn't anticipate um, having this you know, what I'll call wind and good weather balance. So at a kilter, you know, we right. thought 80% of the time it would be all fun and sun with 20%. It's, it's actually been uh, the, the opposite. And to the point where, you know, we've had to change our schedule as to where we're going because, you know, we're stuck somewhere. And, and right. on the heels of that is the fact that we're in marinas and all of a sudden, uh, as you know, you know, what does boat stand for? Uh, you know, that we're also taking on a lot more cost. You know, when you anchor, anchorages right. are free or right. a mooring bowl is $20 a night. But when you're in the Bahamas in a resort marina at $3 a foot per night, it adds up quickly. Sure so, does. So, you know, it, it's it's an expense we hadn't anticipated of, you know, a thousand here and a thousand there for a, a marina. But again, you know, we also look at it as being safe and comfortable because sure. uh, it, it gets tiring sometimes at night when you're getting up twice a night to check the anchor alarm, you know, check the lines, look around you to see if anybody else is dragging into right. you. Right. Uh, so, so, uh, so that's a long winded answer to the thing that, uh, Yes, we hadn't anticipated. Yeah. Now, let me ask you another question. 
you guys li are living on your boat, but you still have your land residence. Uh, so you still have to do things like pay bills. You still have to do things like do your taxes, <laughs> given that it's you know tax season here in the United States. So how do you how do you handle all of that kind of stuff? Um, yes, it's it's a whole that wasn't in sailing school either. Uh, <laughs> Uh, that they, they didn't go over. Yes, it's tax season. So uh, uh, fortunately, because my accountant that I've had forever, who is a dear friend of mine, is in a different state, we've always done it long distance. And today, you can do your taxes electronically from yes. start to finish. So literally, I send him everything electronically. Um, he then plugs it into an electronic form, which spits out your tax form, which he electronically sends to me to sign electronically. And then I, this is the first year I've done it. You normally, if you have to pay, and, and unfortunately I'm usually in that category, is that, um, you know, you get, he sends me a form with the envelope and everything, you put the check in and it goes, well, I can't do that this year, but uh, the IRS and Vermont both have online payment systems, yeah. which, uh, you know, you just go on and I transferred the funds and, and took care of that. Now, so that was pretty seamless, um, you know, other than the pain of paying taxes. Uh, <laughs> that well, you the, face the, I mean, I do this, I do the same way, do it all electronically, Yeah. but I have a nice solid connection to the internet that is pretty darn reliable. And, you know, if you didn't have Starlink, think about a year ago yes. if you were doing this, right, pre-Starlink, all of a sudden your sort of dependencies on all of that, being able to do all of that electronically. And like you said, you can get stuck someplace for two weeks. And if you didn't have Starlink, you might not have internet access for two weeks. Right. So, so there are some potential challenges, I guess, here. Oh, Absolutely. And we did have Starlink for a couple of weeks. Right. Oh, um, yeah, right. Now, now I will say this, though. Um, marinas do offer Wi-Fi. It's usually not very good. But if you go over by the office or where it is, you, you know, in a squeeze, you can do that and, and get on Wi-Fi. But you also have other ways to connect to the Internet that in our case, I have an, uh, an overseas Verizon plan with my phone, and I can actually connect to the phone to get a signal so that I can get online uh, yeah. using that. So, so there are ways, and, and I won't get into all the other ways that other people do it, but other people also buy local uh, yes. uh, phone connections here. There are a couple of things that you can do here with the local phone companies so that you can uh, be connected. Now, it's not going to give you what Starlink does, but it, you can get by. Now, yeah. what we did, which uh, was has been a godsend for us, is um, um, we are set up with all of our mail um, and correspondence, everything like that. We have a central mail system. It's green. Cove Springs is St. Bernard's Isle is the name of the service. Yeah, I'm, I'm checking. It's called St. Bernard's Isle in Florida. St. Brennan's. St. Brennan's uh, Isle. And basically what it is, 
they set up an address for you so that it's not a post office box, but a, but an actual, you know, a, a, a location. And we have redirected, I, you know, still have my post office box in Vermont, which I've always used. You don't use a mailing address in Vermont, and that's another story of how you get your mail in Vermont. So we redirected all of that to this location and we've changed our address to this location in most cases. So all of our mail goes there. My wife gets it electronically. So they scan the envelopes and she can see what's coming into that mail system. And then she can say to them, um, you know what? Uh, this is junk, this is junk, this is junk, destroy it. And they destroy it. If we need to see something, they'll open it, scan it, and send it to us if we have to look at it. Or they will forward it to you at another address. So we've had our mail forwarded to us to a friend in Palm Beach when we Got were it. there. Okay. So, But right now, we're just doing it electronically. And if we need to see something, they will open it and scan it for us, and, and we can see what that is. So... Uh, now, as far as, like you said, bill paying, um, I was slow to make the transition, but my wife being a technology person, she's always paid everything online. So, you know, uh, the phone, you know, you know, you, you can go through all this stuff, the health care, yeah, yeah, all sure. the bills and stuff you pay online. So same thing with credit cards and things like that. So that's basically what most people do uh, that uh, that are traveling. They use, there are a couple of other systems similar to that, but the best one is this one in Florida. Yeah. Um, and they'll actually set it up for you to become a resident of Florida through their system. Wow. So there are many boaters that are actual Florida residents through this uh, place. Uh, in, in Florida, and you have a physical address and everything. Um, wow. And as a matter of fact, I was just talking to another boat that was doing it. Their license is their boat uh, on, on their license. So the address mm -hmm. is their boat number. Got it. Uh, which is kind of interesting at this uh, Florida location. Yeah. So, so that's, yeah. that's, that's how it works, and it's worked fine for us. So. Yeah. Hey, so one other question here. I'm come let's say I'm coming down to visit you next week. Mm -hmm. What what are you gonna beg me to bring? <laughs> if it can be anything <laughs> you want, whether it's food or you know, a particular type of beer or drink or a well, car part or a boat part, I mean, what would well, what would you be begging me to drink bring? I need the backup macerator is, <laughs> is number one. But I'll tell you what else I need, which just broke uh yesterday, uh, we think. Our wind anemometer oh, yeah. went out. The display. The, so the display, and actually all morning, that's what we've been sort of trying to diagnose, is uh, because of the high winds we were going to have yesterday, today, and tomorrow. So we're in a marina, so I just wanted to see what the winds were, and I turned sure. it on, and I go out to the pedestal, and it's at zero. And I'm like looking at it and going, oh, what's what's going on here? And uh, uh, so right now, uh, 
the anemometer is not working. Uh, and we've tried to die. We've diagnosed it. You know, the scary thing is we almost know what we're doing now with some of this electrical. But as, uh, for people that don't know, the anemometer is a funny thing that sits at the top of your mast, which is 50 to 60 feet up. And it's a little thing that spins and has little cups on it and it spins. And the faster it spins, it's giving you your wind speed. And uh, it cable runs our salon where it connects, the connections are that then run to the nav station, which then run up into the cockpit. And, you know, we've diagnosed that everything is working and we actually think it's the actual dial on in the cockpit that oh. uh, uh, is not responding. And the dis yeah, it's the display and it's, oh, you have the same boat. Do you have the uh, Raymarine or Raytheon? Yeah, uh, Raymarine. Yeah. Have Raymarine stuff, yeah. Yeah, so it's the wind, uh, uh, the wind uh, display. Yep. And it's still showing wind direction. So it's got power, it's showing wind direction, but uh, the speed is at zero. So, so you can bring one of those over. Okay. <laughs> I can actually stop at my boat and pick, take it off my boat for you. If well, we can't buy you, one. Well, you, uh, my wife is looking, you can get them on eBay, but the other thing, which she'll, she's going to do, I hope was on Facebook, you post that here's where we are. It went out. Does anybody have a spare? They want to sell. Oh. And it's amazing how you'll people ask for things and well as a matter of fact we were just watching something where someone needed a the heavy duty uh sewing machine because something ripped with uh, sure. their sales and you can't use a regular sewing machine right right and they put something out to the people in the uh uh anchorage where they were and someone said yep i've got one here you can come by and borrow it wow so wow. Very nice. Yeah. So you want me to keep going with my list and, and will you be leaving tomorrow? <laughs> yes and yes. Uh, uh, let's see. So we've been we've been chatting now for about 50 minutes, Mike. Yep. Uh, what uh, what other words of wisdom uh, do you want to share before we sort of wrap this one up? Um, I, I think at this this part of our trip, uh, uh, I would say that um, you know, we've certainly enjoyed our our time here, uh, and and just uh, traveling to these different islands, uh, meeting the local people, see how they handle things, and I, I would say you have to be flexible yeah. all the time. That uh, if you think you're going to have a schedule and this is where we're going and this is what we're doing at this time in that place, all of that is is by the wayside. And if you lived a structured life like that, this is not for you. Uh, you you'll, you'll go crazy and, and you may not survive. And it's been tough because my wife and I are both pretty well-organized people. So uh, having to say, okay, we're just not doing anything today and we're not going anywhere, even though yes. we wanted to. Yes. Uh, you know, so uh, I, I would say that's a, a, been a learning experience and then also just being able to adapt that as i said the stores the grocery stores the restaurants um 
As a matter of fact, in uh, Great Harbor, in the Berry Islands, um, the whole area where we were had two places to eat. And they may or may not be open. Mm-hmm. And we we went to the one place and we sat there and they came out and they said, uh, OK, what would you like? Well, do you have a menu? No. Well, what do you have? We got shrimp, we got chicken and we got uh, pork. <laughs> <laughs> OK. And that's, you know, and it was just like, well, what does it come with? Or do you get it? Right, you know, right, right, it's right. just it's just a different. A different world. And and it turned out the food was really good, but it was like you're just taking your chances yeah. and uh, uh, they didn't have any alcohol, so you couldn't get any alcohol. And then we're finished eating and she comes out with the bill and we said, well, uh, do you have any dessert? Not today. Yeah. <laughs> It's not, it's not, as you said early on, it's not sort of what we are accustomed to. No, uh, right. it, it, it is not what we are accustomed to. And, and you make those adjustments. And also in these remote places, um, and I don't mean to sound uppity in this sense, but in the U.S., when you go into places like a hotel or a restaurant, 99% of the time, the place is clean. You know, we have standards that we must maintain. Uh, here, uh, it's not the same. There right. may not be hot water. Right. Um, or it doesn't come out very fast. Or the toilet seat doesn't quite work because it's yeah. not hooked to the toilet. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, you know, the cleanliness might not be the same. Now, I will say this, Spanish Wells, we were pleasantly surprised it's immaculate here. They take care of their streets. In the Berry Islands, at the one place, people just throw their trash on the side of the road. Hmm. I I just, we were flabbergasted over the trash everywhere. And they say, well, eventually the government will come in and they'll hire us to clean it up. You know, uh, so... Again, you're 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 not in Kansas anymore, and you know you have to adapt for some of these things. As I said, Spanish Wells, where we are, is immaculate. The marina we're at is immaculate, so that was uh, yeah. you know, a, yeah. a pleasant uh, surprise. And the people here are real, really nice. Um, so I think that was part of your question: is you know what what would you leave? Uh, again, it's not a vacation; it's an adventure. Yep. And there, there are a lot of pros, but I think someone once described cruising as a lot of high highs and a lot of low lows and stuff in, in, in the middle. Yep. And uh, yeah, the high highs are great when you're out there snorkeling and fish are coming by or turtles and, you know, all of that. And as I said, it's 75, 80 degrees every day. It doesn't, the temperature doesn't vary very much at all. And yep. it doesn't rain here uh, very much either right now. So most days are sunny, but uh, um, it's some of those other challenges, uh, as I said, especially when things break, our dinghy uh, crapped out on us, uh, the engine one day. Yeah. And uh, well, here's the other learning experience. Like you said, what, you, what do you need to bring? I was so excited that we bought a propane engine. I might 
I've mentioned that to you for our dinghy. It's a five yeah. horsepower propane engine. And my thinking was it's one less fuel that we have to carry on the boat. And as anybody knows, gasoline is very flammable. Yes. Diesel, not so much. Diesel burns, but diesel is not, doesn't explode. So it's like, I, did, I don't have gas. And uh, this past week, uh, we were out searching the island. We were having a great day. We went to an island where you swim with the pigs, uh, checked it out, uh, had a great time. The weather was great. And we circled the island and the engine stopped. And I rode for an hour and a half <laughs> into, into the winds to get back to the boat. I got blisters on my hand. I couldn't get the thing started. And we then came back into the marina because you can't go very far without a dinghy yeah. if, if you're anchoring. And uh, oh, and at the same time, our generator quit on the boat. Uh, so now I've got two things not working. Uh, anyway, we came in uh, three days on this propane engine. And my mistake was, as others reminded me, he, that nobody's ever seen one of these. You can't get parts. No one knows how to work on them. And the realization was when I went to a couple of the marine stores here, because they do have a big fishing uh, community here, they just shook their heads. No, right. no. Right. It, maybe, if you, maybe if you had a gas engine, we could take a look at it. So I fortunately called the head office in the United States, and the guy was nice enough to walk me through three days of my, on my own because it was a weekend. You couldn't get anybody. Took everything apart, put it back together. Turns out it was the spark plug. Put uh -huh. a new spark plug in and fire it up, and it's been working. And yeah. the Marine store had the spark plug. <laughs> yeah. But, well, good. Uh, uh, so anyway, that's uh, uh, just... You know, one of those things, you're always fixing things. And it doesn't matter whether you have a new boat, an old boat, or an expensive boat. Everybody has issues uh, right. with with their boats, and everybody's right. in the state of fixing them. So, uh, But right. we've enjoyed it, and we're surviving out here. And hopefully when this thing passes through, we're going to be moving on to the Abacos uh, at the end of the week. Yeah. So uh, let's touch base again when you go to the sure. Abacos or maybe, you know, in a few more weeks uh, beyond that. And uh, we'll get another update, Mike. It was great chatting with you. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. It uh, gives me a break. You know, I've been swearing this morning over this stupid uh, uh, wind speed thing. So it was nice getting an hour break to forget about that. And and I can, you can be my psychologist. I can explain <laughs> to you about <laughs> this yes. stuff. Do you know how to fix them, by the way? <laughs> I, I do. I do not. Uh, I, you know, as you were talking to me about your wind speed indicator, I last summer I had like a day where mine mine went to zero. Yes. And and I was like, what's going on? And it was some setting that I had inadvertently changed. Oh. Right. Because the direction still worked. Mm -hmm. But the, the direction is a different sensor. Yes. But the, but the wind speed indicator went to zero. And I go like, what the heck's going on here? And it was. It was something about there's, you know, there's the there's the wind speed, then there's the relative wind speed or mm -hmm. the apparent wind speed. Right. Yeah. There's actual and apparent. Mm -hmm. And then there was something else. And I think I when I was kind of paging through on the on the display head itself, right. I hit some button by mistake and I I did something to it. But it took me the better part of a day to stumble across that again. 
Yeah, we're trying. We've kind of gone through that with, yeah. you know, the different um, uh, buttons and stuff that, you know, did I hit something? But uh, it's it seems to be getting the information from the top of the mast, but it's just not registering uh, on the display. So yeah. we think it's we think the it's display the, the display right now. So fortunately, there's an electrical engineer next to me in the next boat over, and I might go over there and see if he has any. Yeah, ideas, but that's what cruising is all about. And and the display head's a lot easier to take out than to climb all the way to the top of your mast. <laughs> uh, I, I'm not going to say anything. My wife's sitting close by, and she's the one that goes up there. <laughs> but we right, did Mike. check it. We did check it at the base, and it seems to be um, uh, registering. You know that it's getting power, and it's yes. actually sending its information down, down to the. Yeah, because you know how you connect everything at the base of your mast right. into right. the boat. block there, connection block, yeah. Yeah, so so we'll see. But Well, right, listen, Mike. it's been great talking to you, yeah. and uh, I'm, keep listening to the show. And when I, I'm not on, <laughs> you, you've, uh, uh, you've had some great gas. Well, thanks. Thanks, yeah. I enjoy doing it, and I, I enjoy getting to chat with uh, – all of great sailors who are doing all sorts of wonderful things in this great sport that we all participate in. So thanks yeah, again, Mike. It, it's been fun. And Hey, I want to know when Mike's going to get a boat. <laughs> well, I don't know. You know, he's, uh, he's pretty far inland and, uh, the, 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 the closest part of the ocean to him is the cold part of the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, you got to no. suck it up. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, the show's been great. So, yeah. well, listen, well, we'll we'll keep in touch, and we'll we'll uh, let you know when uh, we uh, make another stop in in a few weeks. That's super, Mike. Thanks a lot. All right. Yeah. Bye bye. Have a good one. Bye. Bela, man, it's never a dull moment on these this trip, and uh, Mike's really handled more than his share. I think of uh, of interesting challenges and great experiences, and uh, learned a lot. And it's pretty cool. Um, that he shared uh, so much of these lessons learned um, with us. I don't know. Where do you want to start? Yeah, well, you know, I'll, I'll say this again. I said it on the last episode. Sailing courses do not teach you everything you need to know. Uh, and and I think Mike has, has brought that up numerous times, and he's experienced it. Uh, I think, you know, I've really gotten spoiled. I think in many parts of the world we're, we're – I'm, I'm 10 minutes away from anything I need. Uh, within 10 minutes from my house, I can buy all the groceries I need. I can buy all the hardware and tools. Uh, I, I can get my car fixed. I basically can do everything I need to survive within 10 minutes of my house. And I think when you're sort of going outside of, in particular, outside of the United States, particularly the well-developed parts of the United States, uh, that's a challenge. Like, you know, Micah said, what do I bring? What spare parts do I bring? And if I can't get it within a 10 minute drive of my house, I can get it within a day from Amazon. <laughs> so, so anything I need, I got it. And that's not tr true. You know, as Mike said on the Island there, the, sh the ship comes once a week and it brings food and groceries once a week. It comes from the mainland and that's, and that's when you know, packages are going to come and arrive. So if you if you need parts uh, or you need food, you know, you, all of a sudden your life cycle sort of changes. And and I can remember 
one of the places we lived, we lived a little further out and, and, you know, it was, it was a half hour to 45 minutes to sort of go to the grocery store and stuff. So we sort of planned our lives different when you went shopping and things, you kind of aggregated things together. Uh, Elaine would go to the grocery store. I'd go to the hardware store and we'd, we'd kind of coordinate those things. Uh, and I think, you know, being outside of the United States, um, that's a, that's a really interesting thing. That's again, goes into the logistics of planning these things. Yeah, totally agree. It's interesting. Um, one of the elements of maybe falls, falls under planning or more into implementation. I really like some of the tech tools that Mike used to keep connected kind of both physically and digitally to home base. You're talking about taxes and mail and all this stuff. Now, yeah. I know you're pretty you're pretty up on tech for a guy in your age bracket. I don't want to give your age away or anything, but you know, I've always liked to kind of hear your insights. Is there anything else in this vein that if you were doing a long distance kind of trip like this that you've seen or you use that might be handy? Yeah, so uh that's a really good point because you know, you, the interesting thing is the following. Uh there, there's a fair number of people these days, whether that it's land-based or whether they're on a boat or whether they're hiking the Appalachian Trail, they're sort of gone from their home base for long periods of time. And what the digital era has done for us, it's made things like banking and paying your bills, all those things possible online. I mean, can, can, could you imagine, you know, if, if you were like my son and his, and his wife hiked the Pacific Crest Trail, that was like a two and a half month journey that they were basic. They were off the grid for the most part. And, and, you know, they, they had, a, they had an apartment, they had a, you know, bills to pay and all that kind of stuff. Interesting thing is there's services. And, and Mike talked about these, that services you can get that you have all of your mail go to there and they'll, as he said, pictures of it, they'll email those to you. Uh, and then you can decide what needs to be done. Most of your bills you can pay electronically these days. So here again, it depends on an internet connection. And and you'll talk to many cruisers who cherish that internet connection. And there's all sorts of gizmos and amplifiers and antennas and super antennas you can buy for a boat so that you can get a further reach on either your cell phone connection or the Wi-Fi connection that's floating around. Um, out there. So I think it's possible, but here again, it just takes some planning, Mike. It's it's not not impossible. Yeah. And even things like a virtual private network or a VPN, there are some sites here in Germany that I can't get to, or they're geographically controlled. So it makes yes. it hard if I want to say access a bank account or something like this. So that's something if you're going to an international destination um, to, to keep in mind. Um, you know, it's funny, Bela, you know, we're old and, you know, I remember going away for a month um, not that long ago and you had to have somebody had the key to your house with the mailbox yes. and they would <laughs> yes. open your mail for you, a friend or a neighbor or a relative, and they would open your pills and they would have, you'd have to leave some checks, right, signed. And then they would fill them out and put them in the envelope and you'd leave it with a stamp on it and then they'd have to put them back in the mailbox again. And it's amazing how much progress we've made. Really, I would say 15 or 20 years ago that that was still done. 
right? Um, so yep. if you're if you're young, you don't remember those times, and if you're old, it's like distant past. But really incredible pro technological progress in twenty in two decades, right? In one generation um, of civilization, right? That has made this kind of mobility. Um, totally feasible. And, you know, you extend this one bit from people who are sailing or hiking to digital nomads who are living anywhere in the world and right. doing a job, you know, uh, remotely, right, that it's really possible to do all of these things. And even, you know, even though we've been here in Germany for five years, there's still some parts of our life that um, are based in the U.S. And through technology, right, we, we can keep connections um, this way, both physically and digitally. But yeah, there's a whole plethora of tools. And again, I think this needs to be part of the planning. And again, kind of talking to people like Mike Malikoff, um, who's spent time in a different country, that's probably worth seeking that advice out for sailors who are thinking about spending some time outside outside U.S. waters. Yeah, as all those things you got to think about, right? I'm, I'm not going to be home for a month or two months. Yeah. And all of this technology, has, as you said, has has made this mobility much easier for everyone to do. Uh, and and there's services that'll help take the place of your aunt or your uncle or your neighbor or your friend who came over to your house and and, and looked at your mail. Yeah, yeah. there's even you know, robots the other... to water your plants while you're gone. We have one, it's kind of cool. Yeah, the other thing and I want to talk some... about. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, this no, is my ahead, last Mike. thing, but just remember there's some downsides to some of these things, right? There's privacy and there's, you know, threats of kind of um, taking over your digital profile. So make sure you're dealing with reputable kind of org companies and organizations. Make sure you get some recommendations because although I love technology and I think it can be incredibly helpful and empowering, um, there's also a dark side and, and, and there's some downsides. So I guess I always get when I'm teaching and when I'm making recommendations to people, you know, be, be careful with uh, who you give your personal information to things like banking right. information, um, right. home address. Anytime you let somebody know that you're going to be away for if you have a physical home, right. And if you, sometimes you can mistakenly on social media or somewhere else kind of clue people in that that's an empty house. Um, there's some risks there too. So, you know, be, be careful. Yeah. 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 It takes some, it takes a little bit of, thinking, right? Because these are new things that we haven't experienced in the past. And things that make it easier for you may also make it easier for other people who may not have all good intentions. Yep. Yeah. Hey, the other thing I wanted to talk about uh, is weather. And, uh, you know, like I got here yesterday and today, I, I, I wouldn't go sailing yesterday or today. And I don't know about tomorrow. And so, and another another part of what Mike is doing, Malkoff is doing, is this notion of sometimes you have you you don't have to, but it makes sense, and it's the smart thing to do. Is to, you you end up sitting someplace for a week because you're waiting for a weather window to pass. You know, particularly if you want to go in a particular direction, then you want the wind to come from a relatively particular direction as well. Um, so I think that's another thing that people don't think about. It's not like just hopping in your car and saying, you know, it's raining out. I don't care. It's windy out. I don't care. It doesn't matter. It's sunny out. I don't care. I just hop in my car and go. You're on a boat, particularly a sailboat. Uh, you have a little bit more constraints uh, that uh, limit uh, when you can go. Now, I will say that the weather tools available these days are really, really good. Uh, there are apps that you can have that'll tell you what the wind is basically anywhere in the world. And it pre it'll predict what the wind is for the next, you know, it, it goes out for a week. I'd put, 
you know, it's pretty damn accurate for the next 36 hours <laughs> and maybe even up to three days. Um, but, you know, so those are just tools that now you can use uh, for looking at the weather, looking at uh, wave heights. I can get on an app. It'll tell me how big the waves are out in Long Island Sound. Uh, and because sometimes the weather is nice, but the waves are still big. <laughs> so there's all these great things uh, that uh, that that you can get that are pretty low cost. And again, this technology and all this digital stuff has made it available to uh, to sort of the average sailor, average boater. Yeah, this is really cool, Bela. And again, we encourage people to experiment and try. There's different ones. Try what's best for you and what interface you like. And yeah. it has good coverage in the areas that you're traveling to. But um, these are good for convenience, but also really good for safety, I think, as well. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Yeah. Time to wrap it up. Yeah, let's wrap this up. L listeners, thanks again for joining us. And thanks again to Mike Malikoff for kind of letting us ride along uh, on his journey. Uh, we hope you found this episode and conversation interesting and thought-provoking. As always, if you have questions about what we've discussed, please feel free to get in touch with us. Our email is sailingtheeast, that's all one word, at gmail.com. Yeah, and if you enjoyed the podcast, hit that follow button on your favorite podcasting application. Uh, so until next time, signing off from the boat in Narragansett Bay. See you all soon. Sounds great, Bela. I hope the weather turns and you get out there uh, and get out on the water. From over here in Münster, Germany, see you next time. Okay.